I'm your host, Stephen Gutteridge, and welcome to Mid-South Moments. James Coleman is here to review the October 20th, 1984 episode of Mid-South Wrestling. How are you doing today, James? I'm oh, very well. How are you? Not too bad. We were supposed to originally record this on Sunday, which would have been just a few hours before Liverpool's Premier League going against Aston Villa. So you probably were in a better mood oh. then than you are now after that, aren't you? Yeah, um, that was like my first proper day off chilled at home in Bristol for about three, four weeks. So oh, I was no. really excited, opened a few beers, watched the game. And it was the biggest regret of my life, essentially. So, <laughs> oh yeah, god, not I, ideal. I, I didn't watch it actually because I'd had enough of what after watching Fulham. But I, I, my phone was flashing out and going going mad with all the goal alerts and stuff. So I just couldn't. What actually happened? I have no idea. Adrian is absolutely awful. Um, I mean, yeah, it's it's his. He was so nervous because he hasn't started for a little while as well, mm. and it just went. It went. It, yeah, it was awful. It got to the point, like, I don't know if you've ever had it for, uh, from like, a full perspective, but I've never had it before. But it was just, it became funny. Do you know what I mean? It was like, um, after the fifth and in the sixth, I just sort of sat there like, no way. Like, I started, really started <laughs> almost like, wanting to score more. It was like, go on, let's just see what will happen. But I'm not sure I've ever got, to, I think because I've, we've had so many poundings over the years, I've never probably quite got to the uh, to the amusing states. But I know what you mean. It's almost like, this is just like the most far-fetched thing I think I've ever seen, basically. But yeah, it was quite bizarre. But there's some odd, yeah, there's a lot yeah. of odd results without any fans, aren't there? Like, I'm, I'm just not sure it's it's not really the same, is it, in terms of legitimate... I mean, it is a legitimate sporting contest, but it's a very different one from playing home and away in the Premier League, as was, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not going to pretend it's... I'm going to argue it's not any different just because we won the league uh, when there was no fans. So like, but you won, you won it before that, really, didn't <laughs> yeah, you? Yeah, of course, yeah. yeah, you, yeah. You'd won it. You, I mean, I'd have, you'd, you'd pretty much have to have lost every game. In fact, would you have had to lose every game to not win the league I after think the we would, lockdown? I think that we would have had to lose seven out of, uh, seven out of our last nine yeah. to have not won it. So, Which is impossible, basically. Um, yeah. Have you been watching much UFC recently? I've watched bits so because I work on Saturday evenings now. I haven't been able to watch it too much. I watched mm. the um, I watched Israel Sanya vs Paulo Costa card, which is absolutely incredible. Mm, I haven't um, seen that one, unfortunately. Have you not? No, no, it's a really, no. really good card. So I watched but, the um, Sunday one because I knew we were speaking. I was thinking, I think we might we we'll probably might speak about this, but I, there was a few bits early on that were decent. But then the main event, I actually watched that today, funnily enough, because I hadn't had a chance to catch up. It was just like absolute snooze fest. Holly Holm, Holly Holm, yeah, yeah. I can't, yeah. yeah. And the, the semi-main event was two guys that were, I can't remember their names, bad as only watched it today. Like They were severely overweight heavyweights and like one of the guys just yeah, really yeah. gassed out. There's a bit of needle between those. So did you see that one on Sunday? No, I still haven't watched it. No, it's one of those as well. Like, because Holly Holm, Holly Holm's just a name because she wants to beat Ronda Rousey. Yes. That's literally it. Yeah. It's, the fact that she was in the main event is almost like sort of insulting. They wanted to put a, a, fight, a, a fight island four together. And it seemed like, can we get somebody? And they went for her. Like, yeah, she isn't a big name. It's not a card that I wanted to see at all. No, but they've got so many main events. It's 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 difficult. I suppose. I think I think maybe they had a dropout for this one. But I can't remember. But then obviously that that one was the top line. I, I heard that it's interesting. Khabib and Gaethje, or I've probably butchered his name. There is our maybe prime time. It says it's two o'clock Eastern. That pay per view starts. So there's going to be like seven o'clock here in the evening. What do you know why that is? I think it's, um, I don't know, they've got a deal with Abu Dhabi, so I think they're doing it in Abu Dhabi, aren't they? So, yeah. Um, but I don't know why it's so early. It doesn't make any sense to me, but yeah. Uh, it, by the sounds of it, 
Khabib pretty much ran this card. He almost um, he was going to cancel because of the death of his dad, wasn't he? But yeah. Um, so he pretty much gave Khabib full control of this card. All of his mates fighting, he's fighting. So so I wonder yeah, why that is because so. that's good for us being on it. I mean, that's going to be incredible. I can't remember, can't think of the last time there's been a mate like a really major UFC. I mean, probably not since the days where they did the proper UFC pay per views here that were on our on our time. But I can't. Yeah. There hasn't been a major pay per view in our time for ages. But who's going to win that one? Do you think? Khabib was smash him. I don't know why people are talking about Gagey's got any sort of chance. They always talk really, about yeah. stuff in contest. But I mean, uh, Gagey's lost to two average fighters, like two people that could be speak, Johnson and um, Johnson and Poirier. So mm. I don't get wrong, Gagey's come back and since those defeats it's been absolutely phenomenal. But I don't see him getting anywhere close to um, Khabib at all. Well, that's the thing in fighting that there's there's certainly levels, aren't there? And like, literally, if you think back to boxing, for example, like Ricky Hatton for those years beat like a load of incredible fighters. But then when he stepped up against Mayweather, he just wasn't didn't quite have enough. And I suppose that might be the situation here against Khabib for Gage, I suppose. Yeah, that's it. I mean, Gage is a slightly above average fighter. He was great in one FC, came to UFC, was quite bad at the start. He's had a good little run, but I mean, I don't see him getting anywhere near him at all. I can't, I don't understand why Joe Rogan's saying it's the toughest competition yet because it's not. Selling the fight, and it basically They're like, yeah, just selling the fight, yes. dollars, yeah, pay yeah, dollars. Yeah, here we go. Um, have you watched much recent, apart from obviously Mid South, which I'm sure you're absolutely addicted to now? Have you watched much wrestling recently? Oh, uh, yeah, a bit here and a bit here and there as well. Um, like more, more of the highlights essentially with WWE. I haven't watched any AEW, um, since the was it uh, the oh, what was the get uh, stipulation for Cassidy versus Jericho. Oh, the Mim- uh, Mimosa match. Yeah, Mimosa Mayhem match. Mimosa Mayhem match. Terrible, yeah. It's like... It's <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. I thought that was a pretty dismal pay-per-view, actually. I, in fact, I think overall yeah. pay-per-view, they've... Lots of people are very... This is, we, I don't know if we talked about this, but I talked about this on the show before, that some promotions have natural goodwill and some promotions have natural bad will. So if AEW or New Japan does something a bit middling or a bit crap, I think they get a little bit more leeway than if WWE does anything slightly off, which they do all the time, people just like yeah. pile on them. But I think AEW, on the whole, are pretty, I think they failed on pay-per-view for me in terms of the quality of their their shows, but I'm in the minority there. I think a lot of people have, have enjoyed them. But yeah, what like you've got Jericho as a star. Like, don't, don't have like, such a stupid gimmick match um, in terms of like chucking someone in, in uh, champagne and orange juice. Just like, ugh. If you haven't got a way out of it, it's just on the base of his name. Yeah, I know. Don't, yeah, exactly. Don't, yeah. yeah. If you don't and want to get Cassidy, win. Cassidy at one point. So, yeah. On. yeah, I think Cassidy was at one point like the hottest gimmick wrestler on the planet at one like yeah. uh, for a little while. And then like, that just sort of killed it off a little bit. He was absolutely like he was my favourite thing about um AEW mm. for some reason for a little while. Um, and now it's just like just not sort of overly fussed on it um, but. his is an act that works a lot better uh, in fact he's had to he's had to really amend his act a lot but his act worked with fans because without the fans reacting big for his like hands in pockets and the slow kicks and all that sort of stuff but I suppose there has to be a yeah. uh, he has to, has to evolve but yeah I'm just thinking with that feud you know, if you're going to push Cassidy to the next level, give him a proper... I know they gave him a, a bad roll-up, which, which they kind of botched the finish. But if he's going to win the feud, which he did, I'm not sure the way to do it is throwing someone in some liquid. It's like, does that do anything for yeah. anybody? Like, it just doesn't, really. Um, how about... I know a lot of people watch the WWE highlights and stuff on YouTube now. It's sort of become a thing. Is that sort of where you sort of follow along with stuff and pick and choose clips kind of thing? 
Yeah, on the most part, like the last time I actually sat down and watched the entire event uh, was uh, NXT Takeover mm. with the sixty man Iron Match. Uh, Iron Man match. Oh, no, it was that was just on NXT, wasn't it? The sixty man Iron Match with uh, Gargano, um, uh, Champa. Oh, uh, crikey! Well, they didn't have a finish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was cool, wasn't it? So, <laughs> do you know, know what? what? I did. Oh. I was going to say, sorry. I had, I was going to watch that, and I had it spoiled, and I was thank, I was thankful for that because I think if I'd have watched that there for sixty minutes, I know it was a good match, but then they didn't crown a champion at the end of it. I think my brain would have exploded. Just can't do that sort of thing. If you're going to have an Iron yeah. Man match, you have got to have a bloody finish. But what did you think of it? Did you quite enjoy it? I actually quite liked it. Yeah. I, it sounds really weird, but so I liked the ending. I did like. Look, it got to the point where I thought. It, right, okay, cool. Uh, Balor's got it. And then it was just like, like I did like that last second. Like, yeah, because Adam Cole yeah, came in with great. a kick or knee or something, didn't he? And then uh, and then got the pin for the for the draw. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So I'm glad they didn't go back to a standard Champa versus Gargano Fuse, which I thought they were going to yeah. do. Um, but yeah, that was I, I love that match. And now the following week, actually, I watched the Cole versus uh, Balor match as well, which was great. But Yeah, I thought that was decent. They had a takeover this weekend, which I watched most of, but I just find it quite difficult. I don't know, do you find it with the UFC stuff that I'm quite into these shows early, but then, then by about the fourth or fifth, whether it be match or fight, I'm like, my interest levels are starting to wane a bit. And I just, I don't know if that's the lack of crowd or what it is, but it's just, yeah, I just find it a bit difficult. Do you find that at all when you're watching wrestling or mixed martial arts? Both of them, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Even with football, a little bit drags on, like, with yeah. the fans there. I think the fans and the atmosphere does help, like, even if you're at home, it does add to it, doesn't it, massively? But, yeah. Um, especially with UFC, if you're watching it live and it's like three o'clock in the morning, you're still sat there absolutely knackered trying yeah. to get like, <laughs> There's no fans. You can just hear like, like the corners shouting at each other. Like it's just dull. But and the massive breaks between fights and stuff as well. Especially if someone has a quick knockout, you seem to not have another fight for about forty minutes. Like it's just a, yeah. it's a tough one. I only, I fast forward through everything now. When I used, to, when a lot of my mates were well into the UFC, and we used to meet down at one of our mates' house, stay offline all day, and meet around there on a Sunday evening, like seven o'clock, and watch them without knowing anything. We'd watch all the interviews, yeah. all the talk and stuff. But now I just fast forward everything until the until the announcements because it's just like I, there's so many fights. Yeah, it's there's too many people to keep up with. That's the thing I find. There's a lot of people you, that I don't, as a very fringe follower, back in the day when there's one pay-per-view a month and you get the odd special, you pretty much knew everyone apart from the odd debuting yeah. fighter. But now I know almost no one. So that affects it as well. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, yeah. The good thing about, um, I follow this guy on Twitter as well. If you watch on PT Sport, he literally puts the exact minutes of the fight starting. Um, oh, that's good. Yeah, that's really so good. If I'm not watching, it like I, I'll go straight to Twitter and close my eyes sort of thing, type his name in. And I'll get up on my phone onto the TV on BT Sport and then just click through and just save. So I think a four or five hour video on BT Sport will take an hour and fifteen to get through. Yeah. So that's the thing. If you got five fights, yeah. If you got five, even if even if they all go to all go to points, you're not you're probably talking about yeah. As you say, like an hour and twenty five minutes of fight time, haven't you? And then yeah. a bit in between the corners, so you're probably yeah, an hour and a half you can get through it. Um, speaking of something no, that we didn't exactly. have to uh, didn't have to rush to is the October twentieth, nineteen eighty four episode of Mid South Wrestling. So we're gonna we're gonna head on to the we're gonna put Liverpool cool. and Fulham defeats behind us behind closed doors <laughs> wrestling and move back to a happier time. Well, before you were born, actually, what year were you born? Ninety two, yeah. ninety three. 94. 94. 94. Got there in the yeah. end. Got there in the end. I was thinking you can't have been born in 92 because I was at your with your mum at SummerSlam 92 and I was like, don't remember being him, him around at the time. That would have been a bit of a shock. Yeah, 94. So yeah, 10 years before you were born. So on to the review and yeah. at the desk, we have the unfamiliar sight of Jim Ross along with Skandar Akbar 
Ross says that later on, Bill Watts will be with him, plus the Rock and Roll Express will be in action. There's a TV title match between Adrian Street and Gentleman Chris Adams. Master G will be here, plus the Johnny Mantel versus Buddy Landell rematch. Uh, Ross adds that Scambar, Scandar, <laughs> Scambar, Scandar is no stranger to Mid-South. Akbar says that while he's been away from Mid-South for a long time, he's been in touch with a lot of people. And one of those is Ted DiBiossi. Um, he's, he calls Ted King Rat and Head Cheese, um, the man he still refers to as a North American champion. And um, Ted will be there next week, and he is extremely upset with the lack of recognition he's receiving as he is one of the top 10 wrestlers in the world. So Akbar cuts some film of when Ted DiBiase defeated the so-called legendary junkyard dog. Uh, and we jump even further back in our time machines to June the 9th, 1982. And um, JYD pushes off a Ted DiBiase attempt at a figure four and sends Ted over the top rope. JYD goes to the outside and checks on Ted before helping him back in the ring. DiBiase then goes in, goes into his tights and wallops JYD with something on his hand for the win and to become the new North American champion to a confused and muted reaction from the Shreveport crowd. Bob Roop on commentary said DiBiase has turned his back on JYD and this is one of the more famous angles in Mid-South history and this is the slow burn turn of Ted DiBiase and him turning on JYD after JYD had been the best man at DiBiase's wedding in storyline. Um, so back to Akbar and Ross. Akbar said it wasn't a worse crime than what JYD did, running away from thousands of followers and not living up to his main event commitments. Akbar added that the Rat Pack is back and from now on it's going to be mayhem and he gives a warning to Jim Duggan adding that he knows he's a proud he's proud of his American heritage but Americans always break. Um, so a lot to digest here early on. Um, they're continuing with their attacks on JYD. I think you were on the episode where JYD and they announced that he was gone I think wasn't weren't you? I, I yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and reintroducing Ted DiBiase as a major player next week. Um, so what did you think of this recap? Um, and and this, did, did this work for you in terms of getting excited for the future million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase's return? Yeah, it was really interesting. Obviously, it was great to see somebody that I know again in wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, that Bob, uh, what's his name, Bob? Bob Root. Uh, the, yeah, he can't sell a heel turn, can he? He's no JR with Austin at WrestleMania 17, is he? Well, like, I think... He I'm, just sounded yeah. really... Like, like placid with it, like yeah, like, he did. Yeah, trying to make out points is the biggest thing that's ever happened, but it's just a bit like sort of dull, isn't it? Yeah, he, it was odd. It was a really the whole thing felt odd because the crowd didn't. It was one of those sort of turns where the crowd didn't know how to react, and I wonder actually whether they just didn't really get it because you couldn't see. You couldn't. It wasn't like a you know a loaded purse or like a steel chair or a belt shot. It was very sleight of hand, wasn't it? So I wonder yeah. if they like. JYD just lost to a punch here. It's like something gone wrong. So I wonder with that. But yeah, I agree about the commentator. Um, it probably didn't... This this was a huge, huge turn. And I don't know whether they were trying to play... Like they were trying to play it a bit longer. So almost like, well, we don't... You know, we're not really... You know, is this is this really what it is kind of thing? But yeah, I agree. It didn't really react too big for it. No, normally the fans as well. Some of them yeah. were cheering as well, uh, which is really strange. And then some were like silent. So yeah, it was... It looked like it was huge news, but like nobody seemed to know how to react to it. But yeah. Yeah, indeed. Um, back from break, Watts is with Jim Ross and he says that to say that Cornette is upset with Mid-South would be an understatement. He has to remind everyone that when the Midnights and Cornette have their backs to the wall, they are at their most dangerous. Uh, we cut to Cornette backstage and he says that the Rock and Roll Express are the tag team champions and every day he has to call his mother and tell her that the Midnights have not regained their titles yet. He says that part of that is due to him and his loss of sight and the fact that they used to make examples of people, but they are going back to basics. They broke a bruised brother's leg. They tarred Magnum. 
They were also the first to bring in a leather strap to the ring and whip a man to show what a coward he was. He added that the Rock and Roll Express needed an example made out of them. And that is why he's serving notice today that one of the Rock and Roll Express's careers will be ended, but he won't say when or where. What did you think of Jim Cornette here? Yeah, it's incredible. I don't know. Is he wearing a Mr. America mask? He, uh, he, so basically, he got his hair cut on a, um, on, a, on a show in New Orleans. And ever since then, he's covered his hair, he covered his hair up. But I don't think it's, uh, yeah, Mr. America is sometime after that. Uh, so I don't think that's yeah. inspired. But I don't, know, I don't know where he got that. I don't know, I don't know what the design is for that mask. Yeah. Yeah, it's really peculiar. Um, it was, when I was watching, I was like, what the hell is going on? I wore the mist, but I think most is a haircut. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, it seemed really, really good. Like, look, he's great at doing promos. Um, and it is sort of selling. I know from later episodes and stuff that the Rock and Roll versus Midnight Express is a huge, huge rivalry. So there's actually, he's, he's sold that really well, I think. So. Yeah, and they, just, they basically, Rock and Roll Express came back and won the titles back after, because what would happen a lot around this time is that a wrestler would only have a lo- really a loose contract with people and they would go and work a territory for three or four months and then they would, you know, these guys lost the loser least town for 90 days match, go and work somewhere else, go and work Memphis, go and work Florida, come back, do a run, you know, yeah. build the promotion out and then, and then do, do it all again. It was only really in, in, in uh, well, soon after this, I suppose, in terms of World Wrestling Federation contracts and Jim, Jim Crockett on um, the NWA side of things actually having, you know, more fully fledged contracts. But wrestling was never really like that. Andre the Giant is a good example of that. So for virtually all of Andre the Giant's career, he would go and work a territory for a short amount of time and then he'd go somewhere else because that was the way that they would, yeah. in terms of an attraction, you'd pay and see him, but actually in your area, you probably wouldn't want to see him again for another six to 12 months. So that's the way that a lot of these people worked. Um, so in ring Boyd Pierce is wearing an incredible pink and purple suit jacket um, he announces Jake Roberts and Jack Victory before the Rock and Roll Express come out to a great reaction and many screams from the ladies in the audience and Jake Stiller has on his odd baggy red pyjama bottoms what did you think of these uh, this ring outfit from Jake the Snake Roberts here yeah I didn't realise like, I was trying to work out whether he was wearing shoes or not because his shoes are like skin coloured as well so yeah. yeah he looks really like he looks out of shape here let alone like well, he hasn't, um, got the, he hasn't got the Vince McMahon protein shakes, protein shakes in inverted commas yet. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was interesting. I thought, oh, he looks past it, but it is probably his early days career. Oh, Joe, so, uh, what? I bet it was, I bet it was already bang on the uh, extracurricular activities at this point. But it just goes to show, because Roberts never was a body guy, and I don't wish to cast aspersions on anyone, but I suspect that the vast, major- the vast majority by almost everybody in the WWF in the, in the bit after he joined was on steroids. But it just goes to show, he probably trained pretty hard. But it's just like, if you've got the genetics, you can get to a certain point with help. But without them, you just yeah. look like a normal normal guy, I suppose, didn't he? Like a tall, yeah. normal guy. But yeah, the... the, the I was going to say, I was in better shape than Jake Snake there. So I was like, <laughs> yeah, I'll take that. I could go, I'll jump in mid-south for one too. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But yeah, well, I don't know. This ring attire was bizarre, really, for Jake here. And obviously, his yeah. his, his father was, was, mat- was matchmaker in his promotion. So um, not, not very good billing really in terms of Jake here and it, and it was really being used as more of an enhancement talent and um, what said on commentary that he's never seen a team so beloved as the Rock and Roll Express and he speculates on when Cornette will strike Morton and Jake are in early with some good exchanges the crowd chanted go Ricky go the Rock and Roll had a sustained period of offense on Jack Victory before Jake interfered and Victory briefly rallied 
All four men were in the ring when Roberts threw Ricky over the top rope behind the ref's back. The Rock and Rolls ultimately get back in there, hit their double drop kick spot on both men, but pin victory in 4.55. I thought this was a bit of a mess towards the end with everyone in and a little bit difficult to follow, um, but still quite good fun. What did you think of this uh, Rock and Roll Express versus Victory and Roberts match? It was really weird. Like at the start, they would they kept talking about the size of Jake the Snake and the size of Jack Victory, mm. as if they're these two big, powerful guys. But then uh, Midnight uh, Rock and Roll Express like dominated eighty percent of the match, yep. like like with ease as well. But it was a good match. Jake the Snake has a move that I actually really liked. They kept making him face plant, like oh yeah, really really cool. I don't know what that move was, but I loved it. Like, I don't see it at all, but I love that move. And he don't twice. So I was like, yes, mate. Um, <laughs> yeah, he looks. Yeah. That was right at the start when he was in with Morton, wasn't it? He, he, yeah. I thought that that was the best bit of the whole match, really. But obviously, clearly a guy that could that could work. Um, but yeah, in an, a bit of an odd position here, given connections within the company, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and rock and roll looked absolutely amazing to be fair as well. Yeah. So. What a reaction from the crowd. I bet they had some fun. They love them. Yeah, they absolutely love them. They absolutely love them. So next up, we had Big Ernie Ladd versus Frank Lang, who I believe was making his debut. Ross mentions that Watts had been in the ring with Ladd numerous times over the years, and Watts puts over his credentials. Um, this was a total squash with Ladd getting the win with a double leg drop in 211. Um, and at the bell, Magnum TA dressed in street clothes came in, and they shouted at each other for a few moments before going back and forth with punches. Magnum got on top, but Buddy Landell made the save. Um, but the two then took over on the North American champion, dropping him over the top rope neck first. A couple of enhancement talent tried to make the save, but they were dealt with quickly. And the attack on Magnum continued before Terry Taylor and Brickhouse came out. And Ladd and Landell then left hastily. Um, the post-match beatdown on Magnum was more effective than the match, I thought, um, which really was a guy in Ladd who was quite far past his best versus someone in Lang who, while he worked hard, um, he looked very, very green. And um, What did you think of the match and the post-match angle here? Yeah, I, that was the most boring match I've ever seen in my life. Um, <laughs> That's uh, high praise. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just, it, it picked up at one point. It looks like he's going to go for like, I don't know, like, a, he didn't even drop him, did he? It was slamming, so he just gently dropped him. Mm. Uh, and like, only lads a big bloke, but having a nickname like the Big Cat, like, it's just not, it's not terrifying at all, is it? <laughs> well, it's having a bloke is like, starting you, you go, I'm the Big Cat. You'd be like, shut up, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose and it depends what sort of cat he's so going to be, yeah. Whether you're yeah, talking about a, so, yeah. a fat domestic cat or like a lion or something, and that very angry lion. Yeah. <laughs> but he came across like a fat domestic cat. He was moving so sluggish. He was like Andre the Giant like towards the end. And yes. Yeah. I think JR drops in a cheeky little, like after a big boot, he's like, oh, look at the size 17 or 18. Yes. You know, he's made it up on the spot. Like <laughs> the big cat has big t- as well it's like come on yeah I agree but, it was, this was this was grating I think you know these we get a debut for someone else later on uh, which we won't we won't spoil just yet it was quite a shock even to me because I didn't know it was coming but this guy Lang I, yeah. I reckon he this is probably I doubt he'd had five matches at this point I could be wrong about that but I doubt yeah. it so you're throwing someone in that you know had a bit of training right in the mix Versus someone, as you say, who's, who's well, you know, probably 10 years past his best here. So, yeah, it was a bit of a grating one, wasn't it? Sort of slow motion, guy trying to bump and look a bit, you know, a bit spectacular in his bumps, but not not too yeah. smooth. Um, so we've got the big one up next, the Battle of oh, Britain. Sorry, I was ask you oh, sorry, go ahead, go ahead, um, go ahead. Was uh, uh, the big cat, was he healed? Because he... Yes. So Magnum came in to save him, but like early one clean, the big cat one clean... And then Magnum just attacks him for the sake of attacking, did he? Or was there some well, beef there before? There was a weird thing last week where they did like a um they did a bit of a um they did a bit of a thing where 
So yeah, last week they did this kind of odd, almost sort of racial angle uh, where it just didn't make any sense. And it's so it made so little sense that I can't even recap it for you accurately because I didn't know what they were talking about. So it's basically like Magnum had said, um, he'd almost sort of, sort of accused Lad of saying that he'd got more opportunities or he, or he wasn't looking out for the other wrestlers or something like that. And it was just, it was just odd. So this was the follow-up to that. So it was just a bit of an odd one really in terms of what that, so that's yeah. why he came in and they thought, but yeah, only lad is very much the heel in this, um, in this, this environment here at the moment. Um, so yeah. now on to the battle of our countrymen, the big one, the battle of Britain, Chris Adams versus the television champion, Adrian street. So there's no entrance for Street this week, which I'm sure you were particularly disappointed about because I know that, you know, this is, uh, this is rapidly becoming mine, yours, Dan, other guest hosts I've got, favourite wrestler of all time, this guy. So but no entrance, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, no entrance. I, um, was, um, I was in a cafe watching the highlights. Uh, not the highlights, I was watching the thing uh, earlier. Um, and as soon as it starts, I think literally the first like, line that comes out is, um, we've got our TV champion, Adrian Steele. Uh, Adrian Street, and I was like, "Yes, he's chap!" Yeah. Like, obviously, <laughs> yeah. I've been following him for the last few weeks. But you said, "Oh, so you like, don't, he's do doing you, well." Do you know what happened? So he, um, yeah, I knew what happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you said, "Yeah, you know, you know he what happened." Taylor, didn't he? But yeah, yeah, he beat him with a kiss. So he kissed him and then rolled him up. Oh, so, right. Yeah, that's that's what happened. You can imagine. I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, it was um, it was quite the moment, and you can imagine some of that. And, and I actually, in a minute, we we'll, and we'll go, we'll come on to this, but. Bill Watts ramps up the kind of comments along those lines, um, but they they handled that moment in a, probably not as bad as you expect them to, but it probably was still you know w- way across the line in terms of twenty twenty uh, looking at it, but but not not to the level of the gold dust stuff in like ninety six and ninety seven in WWF. But yeah, Miss Linda is there to help Adrian with his robe, and Adrian this week was in a lovely pair of pink tights. Um, Ross says that the way Agent Street beat Taylor still has people buzzing. Um, Watts takes things further on commentary, saying he's never seen anything like it. Maybe in Southern California or Northern California or some of those weird places, it may be something that people really look up to. Um, but he's just a little too old-fashioned to condone. I thought it was clear here that Watts was trying to be somewhat careful with his words, I thought, but still was yeah. able to come off as a confusing and. Still was able to come off confusing and offensive at the same time. What do you think of that in terms of that that commentary? Yeah, line? it was like yeah. one of those like it seems as like a point he was trying to normalise it and all that. But um, there was also the point he's like he was almost playing it off. He's like, oh, he's just one of those gays, isn't he? Like yeah. he just sort of played it off like that, didn't he? So yeah, I thought I thought he was really trying to be careful what he was. But he was he was massively pushing the offensive button, but he was also yeah. trying a little bit, bit a little bit careful. But it just it just got it just got, it just became confused in the message. Um, what says there's no love lost between these former countrymen, which was also on the confusing side. Um, after Street no sold a couple of throws, Adams smashed him with a super kick, uh, which lit the Shreveport crowd up. Adams tried to tie Street up in the ropes, but then missed an attempt at a body block, which got Street back on top. The crowd was fully invested at this point with the continued chant of Go Chris Go. Terry Taylor came down to ringside and forced a kiss on Miss Linda. Um, Watts speculated that Linda was fighting it, but then says he wasn't sure. After Taylor let her go, Linda smiled back at him. In ring, but off camera, Street hurled Adams over the top rope for the DQ. On the outside, Street then attacked Linda for liking the kiss from Taylor with repeated slaps to the head before dragging her off by the hair. 
the match went 6.07. And with what's ramping up the tone of the comments about Street and this post-match attack on Linda, this is probably the most uncomfortable and distasteful segment of Mid-South Wrestling I've seen so far. Um, do you have anything to add on this? Because this was, you know, I'd actually, when I was just talking to you about the first bit, I'd forgotten the next bit. And I obviously got back on my notes from a few days since I, I watched it. I was thinking, crikey, yeah. what, what a bloody segment this was. I mean, you, you're, you've got Watts with you know, some, some pretty out there homophobia. I understand it's 1984, but it's, you know, it is, you know, we're, we're watching this today and yeah. it, is, it is uncomfortable. And then you get just as, inco- just as uncomfortable the attack on the valet, which just came out of nowhere. I mean, what, what did you think about this? Um, yeah, I, Joe, I was really excited because really, I was looking look forward to seeing Adrian Street. And to be fair, as the match started, I noticed his Pierce outfit, uh, Pierce's outfit. I noticed the pink, 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 the pink blazer, the pink shirt, which looked absolutely banging, by the way. Yeah, it did. Um, <laughs> always comes up repping, doesn't he, every week. Um, but yeah, it's end the match of a bit of sexual assault and a bit of GBH. I well, exactly. I the, like, the, the, baby fa- the baby face spot of... Um... Of the of the of the of the male forcing a kiss on the heel valet. I mean, it's not. It's some of this stuff yeah. when you think about it. I mean, it, it, the attack afterwards that was a big babyface trope in in the Attitude Era in WWE. But it's just like you almost think about how did how did this stuff happen that this was a like I know, I know yeah. this was a heel thing. So I mean, the thing is, I don't know. It's difficult, isn't it? Because you. It's wrestling, so it's almost held to slightly different standards because you would have a storyline. We talk, we've talked on the show before about EastEnders and Coronation Street, which are UK soaps, and I'm sure the equivalent in America would have a, you know, you'd have an abusive husband storyline or something like that. Yeah. So I don't know. I think these things can sometimes be addressed in wrestling, but I, I am more of the thinking that these should just be left alone and it should just be, there, there's other ways you can go in a storyline, and I'm not sure that those sort of things ever draw you know, do they draw money? Do they draw draw interest? I'm not sure. Yeah, it's also making it. Uh, it's confusing because, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong. Streets the face in this, isn't it? No, streets the hill. Streets the hill. Yeah. Oh, the fans are absolutely loving though. Like, yeah, he gets a lot of cheers when he comes out. Episodes. Yeah. Yeah, they, they absolutely seem to love him. Which again, that was that makes it even more confusing now. Then, hmm. but actually, makes it less confusing because him like sort of beating pieces at the end. Um, but yeah, it's a really weird story. Like, even I think Terry Taylor forced himself on his uh, on this part. Uh, on a, that was weird for me as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, big time. I, I, I sort of skipped over that. But you've got you've got three really uncomfortable things in the space of one segment, which is uh, yeah, yeah. It's um, that's a tough watch. I'm I'm hoping that in the coming weeks we get more more fun Adrian Street stuff and less this sort of direction. Hopefully, because this is this is a, a really good fun character. It's certain elements of it, but obviously this is um, this is not them at their best uh, in, ter- in terms of this. Um, so moving the, sec- on. the most uncomfortable thing about that match. Sorry, yeah, the most yeah, uncomfortable part of that match was um, Chris Adams doing a super kick and it getting called a karate kick. Oh, that was <laughs> that sort of threw me off a little bit. I was like, "What is that?" That was quite cool though. I love that little element too. His super kick was great. Like, yeah, really, really good. Was that, the crowd yeah. went, the crowd really erupted for that. And this Chris Adams is more of a more of a guy that was um, renowned in world class, so the neighbouring promotion in, in uh, Dallas. Um, but they would they would get the television in 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 Louisiana and around that area by this point as well. So there's a lot of crossover between that and world class. That was where the Von Erichs and those people were, were like big stars yeah, yeah. as well. So um, back from the break, Watts said apparently Street had got upset because he thought Linda liked the kiss from Terry Taylor, um, and Watts said that he didn't think that was fit for Mid South, which I thought was interesting because obviously Watts approves everything that's on his television. 
And he's like, well, I don't actually think that was fit for our television. It's like, well, don't air it then. It was your, you were in control. Um, Ross confirmed the outcome of the match uh, was a DQ win for Chris Adams, but obviously the title does not change in a DQ. And something very exciting up next, we had Hercules Hernandez and Dr. Death Steve Williams, sadly with no helmet in sight, and their opponents, Jim Horton and Shawn Michaels. So when his, when his name pops up, what did you think here? I did realize he said Shawn Michaels. I heard Michaels. I was like, is that Shawn? There's no way it's Shawn Michaels. And I'm just sort of there watching it. Like, is that him? Is that him? And then I just realized it was him. I was like, this is yeah. incredible. But it didn't do much for him this match, did it? <laughs> no, not really. I think I'm, I'm almost positive this is his first ever televised match. And, and, and yeah. very early in his career, cage match has got this listed as his second ever match. But I think if he had another television match around this time, debut would be on there. So I think this is his first ever match on television, age 19, which is, which is quite incredible, yeah. really. And Jim Duggan is out there with a helmet on, and he said he challenged Williams and asked him where his helmet was. And Williams said he'd forgotten it, which is a bit careless. And Williams said next week they will fight. And Duggan said that his school colours may be red, his helmet may be black, but he thinks he's yellow. So he's calling him a coward there. Um, the future uh, heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels, is in there first with Steve Williams. Uh, Michaels in long black tights, short hair. And I don't think it's unfair to say that his physique hadn't quite filled out yet. Again, he was missing the Vince McMahon approved protein shakes uh, at this point in 1984. And he got stuck. Absolutely. Yeah, he got stuck with a German suplex early on before Hercules tagged in. And the two hit a big double chop on Sean, who bumped superbly for it. And what said on commentary that Michaels was a newcomer who was the protege of Jose Lothario. Michaels fought off Williams with a kick to the face off a backdrop attempt and then tagged out. So he got one offensive move and it was a kick. And then Horton took a beating before ultimately being finished off by Williams' big power slam in 317. Um, so what did you think of this, of this match and any more thoughts on Shawn Michaels, probably one of, the, one of the best North American performers of all time, his first televised match there? Yeah, it was just a standard squash match, wasn't it, to make yeah. um, Hercules and the death of uh, the Doctor Death look absolutely tank mode. But yeah. uh, like, <laughs> yes. the thing that, that like he got like the start of the match, like um, it was really awkward for uh, Hercules and Anders. Did you watch much of him as it's going on? I watched the whole thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But I was just focused for some reason as he uh, as Doctor Death shan off about his helmet. I was just watching Hercules and he's just like so awkward in the background because he doesn't get, he doesn't care about his helmets See, so he's just sort of there backing him up and he's just sort of like jumping in and points and he's just looking around like you see, he's just not into it. That's really good you notice that because I find, um, I think I said this on there here before, but when they're doing dialogue, it's the hardest thing to take notes for because you have got you feel like you've got to take most of the dialogue down because it's like all angles and stuff. But you miss at, like wonderful bits like that in terms of what Hercules yeah. is doing in the background. So yeah, good, good, good eye there. That's, uh, that's great. Um, any it more comments on this, uh, this, this match or the follow-up or anything here? Other than I don't, so after watching it, I only remember one absolutely mental-looking clothesline, but that was it. It was just a standard squash match, wasn't it? Yeah, so. it was. It was really. Um, so back from the break, we have Bad Bob Owens up against Master G, who got a decent reaction from the crowd. What said that the Master Lock, uh, which is Master G's leg submission move, is one of the most vicious moves he's ever seen. And um, the Master Lock submission is one of the worst submission moves I've ever seen. So we're right at the yeah. end of the spectrum here with our views on that one. Um, what puts over Reed and commentary who G had recently trapped with that move, which led to knee surgery. Um, and there we go, the Master Lock. Actually, this is probably the best this has ever looked, which is this kind of 
hugging his one of the guy's legs with his two legs, um, but they're both straight up in the air. It's not not bent in knee bar or anything like that. Um, not much to this. What did you think no. of this uh, match and this devastating submission hold? See, now I said earlier it was the worst match I've ever seen. Um, yes. So this was the worst match I've ever seen. That, but did you, right, so I've seen you quite a lot of wrestling. You know, I, when they crouch down and the guy runs towards them and does a, like a roll across their back. Yes. Did you see them absolutely butcher that? Yeah, he, Master G went for that and he didn't land properly, did he? Yeah. No, yeah, and they just sort of landed on each other. And then, um, see, like you're talking about the Master Lock, it actually makes you miss Chris Master's Master Lock, doesn't it? Like, yeah. It makes you <laughs> yeah. look at that line. That was exceptional. That was, that's technical Chris Master's. Did you hear um, about the story about Chris Master? I can't remember what it was. There's a, there's a really interesting story about Chris Master's. Like he, I can't remember, he fought off like a, like a burglar or something or something like that. There's some, some inc- yeah, okay, here we go. Oh, no, no, sorry. Pro, pro, he saved saved his mother from a burning house in Los Angeles. So I don't know where I got the burglar from, but he, um, yeah, he, he pulled down a tree to bust his mum's windows open and he rescued her from a burning building. And like this, this wasn't all that long ago. So uh, this was 2013 and it, this got huge, like a huge, huge amount of media in the States at the time. But I, I think, I don't think he ever was brought back to WWE at that point, but he was someone that got quite a big push. That's probably around the time you were watching it quite a lot in the mid 2000s. Yeah, he worked with Shawn Michaels yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, nobody could break the master lock ever. Yeah, I mean, you could, just couldn't do it. And then I think Bobby Lashley was the one that actually broke it. Like, oh, really? Yeah, uh, that yeah. Finally, sense. yeah. Like he just used his big tank muscles. But I think he's ignored the fact that like no, like no storyline. Chris Masters pulled down a tree to save his <laughs> mum from burning fire. Like, yeah. what was it? <laughs> why? Like, what? what? Would, I, I can't imagine the scenario being. Going, I need to get my mum out of that house. Then he pulled down this tree, say. Right. I think he pulled the tree down to smash the window with one of the branches, I think. So, but a tree is probably a stretch. It's probably like he pulled down a branch to oh, smash right. the window with it. But the, the, the article said yeah, tree, yeah. so I'll be more impressive if he used the tree as a battering ram or something. But yeah. Incredible. Yeah, that's what I imagine. Like, to knock down a wall or something. Like. <laughs> good, on, good on Christmas. I th- I'm pretty sure they did that gimmick with him twice. Like they had the whole master lock thing someone broke it I forgot all about it did it again 12 months later and then someone broke it again but I could be it could be all merging into like a bit of a fever dream when it comes to my memories of Chris Masters uh, yeah I remember you talking about one of like there was a lock that in New Japan that you talked about it being absolutely awful mm. um, like when they wrap it around their head around Sonata skull end yeah, yeah. yeah awful yeah but then the master lock as well, like people used to pass out in it and there's like no pressure on the, like the front of the neck and yeah. it's like arms are behind and it's just like, it's just so, what is like, I don't know how people used to pass out from it. And I can like, I can believe he's a little, not not perhaps a passing out, but I can believe he's a little bit more than either of those other twos because at least you're, you're restrained, I suppose, aren't you? But I guess, could yeah. you be, could you be, pre- if you press down on the back of your neck there, would that, would that cause you to pass out? Probably not. I don't really, though that being said, I wouldn't necessarily want Chris Masters to try that on me, especially if he's uh, just knocked down, perhaps, perhaps if he's just knocked down a tree, be a bit worn out and wouldn't be able to pass. Well, that's what I mean. Make you pass if he out, pulled down it? the tree in a master lock sort of vibe, right? and then they put <laughs> out on his like, entrance Titan Tron, like, and then he started doing this lock, you definitely believe it, it's the impossible lock to get out of. You'd like, think he'd be, he'd be main event in the following WrestleMania for that time. 100%, so, he could yeah. pull down a tree, you know, he could pull down a man, like, <laughs> and he could have him pull down like the hell in the cell or something like that as well, like just look like a tank with it. That'd be quite so. a gig, he just turns up and pulls, pulls something down. <laughs> what a gimmick. <laughs> <laughs> so last up we've got the rematch between Landell and Mantel um, Watts is it next week Ted DiBiossi will be there um, Duggan versus Williams with the middle of the ring the 50 yard line um, and then that's it after a decent back and forth battle we just cut to the credits and the match is left undecided which is rubbish yeah. <laughs> like what was this 
like they timed the, they timed the show out. This is this was a rematch from a week or so ago. So surely, surely you just don't have it if you haven't got time. I thought it was bizarre. What did you think of the way, way this ended? Yeah, it was um, it was just like Sopranos, wasn't it? I still don't know who won that match. So <laughs> uh, it's not like they just dropped in. By the way, like yeah, and I don't know if they're um, going to follow up on it next week. But it's for, this is the first, they've had a time a TV time remaining draw before, but this is the first time that they've just cut to credits, which is weird, really. But yeah, yeah, I don't like that. I think if you're going to advertise a match, you've got to deliver it. Um, so yeah, this was quite a newsworthy episode of Mid South Wrestling this week. The TV debut of one of the greatest of all time, Shawn Michaels. Obviously, the really uncomfortable Street and Adams presentation a strong cornet promo and the pushing of a return of a big star in Ted DiBiase. So what did you think overall of the October 20th, 1984 episode of Mid-South Wrestling? Yeah, it's great. It's not nice to see some familiar names. I know Shawn Michaels, uh, JYD, uh, Ted DiBiase, people like that. But I can't say that I'm not disappointed the fact that Sonny King wasn't on there. I mean, <laughs> I was waiting for him to come out and save the day at some point. But uh, other than that, yeah, uh, we've got Sonny King there. Uh, do you know what? I'm not sure Sonny King is... is uh, do you know what? I'm just going to quickly look this up. I'm not sure that Sonny King is still still around at this point. I think I think we might... I think, uh, you, might be out, I might think you might be out of luck, unfortunately. Um, because he, I don't yeah, think I can do any more episodes of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I refuse to come back on if Sonny King's not going to be Yeah, do you know what? Sonny King is donezo. Yeah, he's gone. Wow. His, last, his last Mid-South te- television appearance was uh, the episode 264. So we're 267. So yeah. yeah, no more. He had one more match in Mid South in 1985, where he beat Tom Pritchard, um, and then he wrestled once in '86, and didn't wrestle again until um, 1991. His last match was with Rocky Johnson, so The Rock's dad was his last match in 1991 in Tampa. So yeah, right. no more Sonny King. But I suspect in the next year or so, uh, while well, this promotion, what we've got, so I think this was sold in '87. So. We've got about two and a bit years more to... Whether I've got two and a bit more years to go is another, <laughs> is another question altogether. But the promotion's got another two and a bit years. But I suspect we'll, uh, we'll have some interesting workers during that time where... Because I think for the next year or so, you've got DiBiossi, you've got Hacksaw Jim Duggan featured, but there is, a, there is a continual change in the guard in this promotion ongoing because we're not all that far away from the first WrestleMania now. So Vince is, um, yeah. Vince is like really ramping up his... Um, you know, his expansion. And actually, I think for around this time, um, maybe into 86, the WWF were doing three house shows a night quite a lot. So they had a big, big old wow. crew. Yeah. So you had, in, you, I think you had the Intercontinental title, title headline in one. You had Hulk, Hogan, yeah. generally speaking, in the middle of the card so that people could, at intermission, buy merchandise and also buy tickets for the following month as well. So, and also Hogan like leaving early as well. So that's why I used to be on in the middle of the car. But yeah, so we're getting a lot, a lot of change, unfortunately, coming up. Um, and 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 certainly some of these big names that we've seen will be no more, no longer with us, sadly. But James, thank you so much again for your time. Where can people find you online to ask you about UFC predictions, slag you off about Liverpool, various yeah, other lovely. means? Well, if you complain about buses um, <laughs> so yeah I've got a Twitter which is at Mr. James YH and the Instagram is at Mr. James YH as well so perfect we look forward to welcoming you back yeah. for some more <laughs> multi-generational family mid-south wrestling review the most niche podcast I always think that this must be uncle and nephew record, reviewing mid-south wrestling must be the nichest podcast in the entire world so I look forward to welcoming you back on in the near future yeah. nice one cheers 
Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Mid-South Moments. Next week, we have a very special show. It's our one-year anniversary. Yes, that's right. I've watched a whole year's worth of Mid-South Wrestling. And in celebration, we have some special guests and some surprises. So please do check out next week's episode. Until then, if you've enjoyed the show, please do leave me a five-star review on iTunes. And also, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, whether that be Spotify, Podbean, or Apple Podcasts themselves. If you would like to be a guest host in the future, please reach out on Twitter at MidMoments. And I look forward to speaking to you all again very soon.